You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 206th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Back from the dead, it's Tim in Orlando, Florida. It's Matt, also rising back into the world of the living, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer, living the zombie lifestyle in Boston, Massachusetts, where uh, you guys... um, I feel like it's been a while, you know? What are, what are you guys up to? Uh, Sort of, yeah, kind of. Our long national nightmare of a missing podcast week of the Slow Ride podcast for our dozens of listeners is over. An entire episode lost to the ether due to mm-hmm. terrible, unfortunate circumstance. No one is going to know how we all predicted the uh, the Triple Crown Kentucky Derby, you know, all that results perfectly. We nailed it, and that is now gone forever. Yeah, and the other tragedy is now I'm going to feel like we're in our own version of Memento, in that, did we talk about that last week that then disappeared, and now we're talking about it again, or did my opinions just completely flip in a week? Am I a flip-flopper? <laughs> uh, wow, all your opinions changed. I've just lost uh, passion for all my opinions. Yeah, yeah, week. so so we have so much to discuss. Um, the, mm-hmm. You know, like we, two episodes into one, so we're gonna yeah, just we gotta jumble pound this out, and we're gonna <laughs> we're we're gonna get it done. There's a lot that happened. There's mountain bike racing downhill. The Giro ended. We have our Velo Games recap. We have big news out of Dirty Kanza. We have the the tour news that Spencer just dropped on me through our um, our, our our green room conversation about the uh, new stage seventeen. Mm-hmm. There's so much to discuss, and I think the most important thing from last week's missing episode that I didn't talk about that didn't make <laughs> the cut because we lost it was the fact that I signed back up for Zwift. <laughs> so now we're all on Zwift. So just wow, uh, you know, search for. Thing. Just search for Slow Ride Podcast, and you'll probably see me come up, because I just put that down as my name, mm-hmm. like Tim, Slow Ride Podcast, my last name. And uh, I would love to ride um, you know, Libby Hill with you. I would love to ride Box Hill with you. I'd love to ride uh, wherever. I'm going to try to get on there a couple days a week, because I've got some Schwamigan training to do. Yeah. and You do. You do. You got yeah. a lot. You got a lot yeah. to and do. Since- You're going to catch up to me. You got a lot of training to do, Tim. And since the the weather was so good um, this past weekend, I went out to the hills of Claremont, Florida, where uh, we have some pretty good climbs. I, no, I told you about this. Like, yeah, I know. There's a climb out there called Sugarloaf Mountain, which is a pretty legit half mile, 13% climb, which, you that's know, steep that's, for half that's pretty mile. good. It's it's a good like three minute climb, two and a half. Uh, Guyman did it on one of his uh, YouTube series. I mean, it's the climb in the state of Florida. I went did, did a couple of hill repeats up that hurt a little bit, but um, our Florida listeners will know you know what that is. So I, I feel like I'm coming back. <laughs> I feel that you guys should be uh-huh. nervous about Schwamigan. I yeah, I'm a little nervous. I the only hill repeats I did this week was um, with or uh, uh, Tambunin uh in the. Uh, <laughs> we'll edit that in post. Wink. 
<laughs> in the in the trailer, I um in a little parking lot while we we're waiting for Caitlin to come out of a building, I just went to one end of the parking lot and rode up the very small seven space incline like seven or eight times. Okay. Uh, trying to get in the training just in those little intervals, you know, uh, when I can. Just kind of sneaking it in, dad style. Now, now, uh, okay. And Spencer, just a little quick uh, temperature, a heat check on your Schwamigan, uh Fat 40 uh, training regimen. How are you looking? Uh, I've decided that I'm actually so far ahead uh, that I'm going to take some weeks off of training completely. Uh, yeah, like um, it's kind of a tortoise and hare situation where I'm just like, so so far ahead that i'm gonna just kind of stop and take a nap under a tree and then still win the race in the end like the hare did over the tortoise so oh, is that how that works you know and yeah, as, yeah as, I, well i didn't finish the book but i'm pretty sure yeah i mean he's, <laughs> he's the fastest why wouldn't he win right exactly <laughs> and for our new listeners um from around the globe schwamigan is the one of the biggest mountain bike races in the united states it's now owned by lifetime fitness um but it's been going on for about 32 years in northern wisconsin a uh, big event, a lot of uh, big-time winners. It's the week before the Madison um, Trek Cyclocross World Cup. So it's it's a big event. We're going to be there this year for the first time ever, which is a shock considering that we are from the upper Midwest and we never have done it. So very excited about it. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about our bikes and everything. But that is the goal. That is going to be the showdown. Um, I obviously have the upper hand because win or lose, I have the best built-in excuse ever. Um <laughs> Yeah, I really had to sacrifice a lot for the excuse of you know recently uh, having a stroke. So I hope you guys are able to overcome that. Um, but that being said, um, let's get let's get into the actual show. Why people are listening, and that of course is our top notch opinions, quick rundown of the Giro. We talked a lot about it on the mm-hmm. missing episode. Chris mm-hmm. Froome takes the win over Dumoulin, and then um, yeah. We got I, I, we got deep I, into the weeds uh, last week on, on the missing show uh, about um, about you know individual stages and performances and whatever. Yeah. But now now we're a solid week out. How do you guys feel about the Giro? Let's just skip over the minutia. Well, a couple of things. One is I realize a week out, I don't even know who was on the third step of the podium. So that shows you how much like people argue about well, being on the podium doesn't be, matter. That would be Lopez. Be Lopez. Okay. Um, I know uh, Richard Carapaz from Ecuador looked uh, great. It, it, so one of my big takeaways from the Giro, uh, obviously a little bit of a Movistar fan, despite the news that Bettencourt wow. may be leaving the team. Isn't that sad? But the, That's the saddest but thing that's happened all week. But yeah. Movistar is so stacked now. They have five guys that have been top 10 in Grand Tours. Yeah. So that could be a hell of an um, attack on Froome at the, at the Tour. But Spencer, you asked my feelings a week out. Mm-hmm. I'm I love the Giro more than any other Grand Tour. I feel that if Chris Froome did not have that positive test at the Volta, I would be like, man, what a hell of a performance! I loved every moment of when he attacked on that second to last stage and mm-hmm. really took the jersey back. But with that positive test, there's a major shadow that is always going to carry over the 2018 Giro, and I'm kind of disappointed. Huh. Okay. Little guy, uh, um, do, you, do you have, you know, thoughts? I thought it was a great race. I I don't have that shadow because you know what? I'm pretty sure all the top guys are pretty dirty. I feel like they're <laughs> all abusing asthma inhalers, and I'm not. Like it's just the smallest. It just feels like the smallest I, little nothing. Uh, time out. Speaking of asthma inhaler, um, 
I told you guys that I got diagnosed with exercise-induced asthma, right? So yeah. now I have a salbuterol like mm-hmm. prescription. Don't worry, we're gonna be counting. I have the an puffs. inhaler. We're gonna be counting the puffs too. Yeah. All right. Just 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 throwing that out there, so you guys better watch out. All right. <laughs> if I see that come right. out mid race, I'm gonna know you're over the limit. Yeah. How how do you uh, feel on it, Spencer? A week out. You know, I I was really angry about it uh, during while it happened. Um, kind of similar to what you were saying. Like there's this shadow over Froome. I don't know that he should have started regardless, even though the rules sort of allowed it. Like, um, and I, you know, I didn't love that. He just like kind of stamped his authority on it at the end. Um, yeah. And kind of just, you know, I guess I share your sentiment. Like if that, if I hadn't had that, you know, issue, I'd have been like, I'm not a, a big Froome fan anyway, but I'd have been like, wow, you know, he really, he went for it and he got it. And I respect that, you know, like as a, as a racer, but yeah, with that cloud, it's kind of like, I don't think he should have been there in the first place. And it's tough to watch. Like even that attack, like regardless, (sighs) well, I guess, I guess what I want to say is that when he attacked like that, he pretty much ended the, the race of Pino. Yeah. Uh, who went way, 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 way over the limit and got himself sick and had to pull out of the race one day before it was over. And he popped Posavivo, destroyed his, you know, podium chances or top finish chances. And that's what I think really bothers me about the way Froome, like, was able to savage that race. And and it's tainted because of, like what Tim said, it puts this cast of doubt on, like, is it real? Whereas if that wasn't there, I'd be like, damn, he popped everybody. But now I'm like, okay, he popped everybody, but like, is it real? And did he ruin other people's races? Not more than just stealing first place away, but like kicking them off the podium or out of top 10 or out of the race in Pino's case, you know, like yeah. you can sort of blame Froome on th- for that, you know? I, I see your point that like, if he does get his results pulled, that it, it that it, it, it changes the race so yeah. much more Bump, that bumping than everybody anyway. up one spot doesn't do well, justice do you, to what he did. Do you feel different? So since we recorded last week, Velon released some of Froome's power data and yeah. it looks like he was putting out basically the same power as Dumoulin during a lot of those key mountain moments. It's just that mm. he, he's super scrawny and Dumoulin's a little heavier. He's a beefy you know? boy. Yeah. Like they were putting out very, very similar numbers, and and if not Dumoulin, you know, like they were basically the same. It's just that he's lighter, you know. And and at that point, I don't know. Do you, I so, I just wonder if like you know like Dumoulin's numbers are the same. So does that throw yeah. doubt for you on Dumoulin, like on the power ability? Um, I don't know. You know I didn't. Mean? I I haven't looked at those numbers, but I mean. You know, overall, they probably had pretty similar numbers, but when Froome attacked, it was it was pretty savage, and he decimated the race like as a so whole. Let's, let's look at like the let's look at the ten thousand feet um, view on this. So I <laughs> we got it. We got an email uh, a few weeks back um, from uh, Rick uh, Luckenback, one of our listeners, and he was talking about like kind of our general feeling and hatred towards Lance Armstrong, right? Yeah, and I and I guess the. It was a really good email because it's talking about basically like the argument of why, why why are you guys hating on Lance Armstrong, but then you throw some support kind of behind Froome or kind of – we're very – we choose a lot 
who we like and then who High we Mars hate on. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> that's and, true. You know, and and uh, like <laughs> Rick points out, you know, like was it because like we didn't like his personality of the alpha dog mentality? Um, yep, sure. Whereas yeah. Lance had, you know, who is who is he beating? You know, the the Ulrichs and the Pantanis and the Schlecks of the world and Mayo. I mean, it went. When Rick threw right. Ebon Mayo's name on this list of people that he's beaten, I was like, all right, he knows what he's talking about. He knows who he's coming to. And I think it's a good point. I mean, it's the hypocrisy of, I don't think just us as a whole, but like of cycling fans as a whole, like it just kind of becomes this uh, accepted fandom. Yeah. And I, for a second, I wanted to suspend my disbelief on Froome in, at the Vuelta and the way he was racing because Remember we were talking about how people would be like, oh, he can't go down mountains. And then he is attacking on the descents of the Tour de France to win the Tour de France. Yeah. And you're like, man, this is like the perfect guy. Like he's actually trying things. Yeah. And, you know, now is he going to be at the Tour? You know, right. like mm-hmm. like when right. are they going to get this like this case? And I, how do you guys feel about like Rick's email? Like is there a reason – like should we can put Lance Armstrong in the same breath as Froome? Or were we just overboard on Armstrong because – he was everyone's favorite when we were coming into fandom, and that's why we've concentrated on Armstrong. I mean, for me, it is it is the way he carried himself. You know, obviously there was a ton of cheats in the Armstrong era, and I'm sure there's a ton of guys cheating now. I mean, we hope we always hope that we're in a cleaner time or whatever. But you know, the way he carried himself and the way he he acted within the peloton on its own, like he deserves to be ridicule yeah I feel like yeah and and like i i mean obviously we don't know these other guys like maybe maybe ivan basa is a real dickhead and he just seems like kind of nice guy um but it doesn't seem like it you know what i mean it just uh, you don't I, you don't I, jump I, off the front of the peloton at the end of the tour in the yellow jersey to yell at uh felipe simone or whatever his name was Filippo simone uh unless you're a total ass you know? Yeah. No, but that's yeah. true. Nobody else I did mean, it, and there's a lot of Ferrari clients there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, it's all those things that both you guys have brought up, uh, but it's also just like, yeah, like, I think that's when I kind of got, like, a lot of people got really excited about cycling and got into road racing, and, and you know, like, right or wrong, like, Armstrong is the poster boy for that, and he... I know he wasn't alone, but he's kind of the guy that ruined it well, for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I hold some resentment against him, not just for what he did, but for what he did to me personally, which is very vague, but mm-hmm. like took well, this thing that I loved and made it be like, made me be like, eh, they're all fucking dopers. You know so, what I mean? So, like, so, yeah, I don't want to think- feel like that. And I do feel like that. And it's his fault. So I will say this is that I um, obviously paraphrased Rick's email quite a bit because it was loaded with stuff. And he points out like the things, you know, like when you start weighing the whole Armstrong era, right? Like the cancer research and like actually legitimate work to justify yeah. like, you know, none of us are going to argue against that. Um, and, you I know, mean, I, I, bought, on us. I bought yellow armbands, you know <laughs> well, what I mean? The, like, So I'll say this is that I, I went to Mall of America. I was in the Foot Locker <laughs> and I was buying some sweet kicks. And the guy tried to say, hey, do you want a dollar to stop cancer? And it was a Lance Armstrong wristband. And I said, no, I do not want a dollar to stop cancer because he's a doper. And that was like my my opinion. This was in like 2004. The guy at the Foot Locker was so mad at me. He was like, he's not a doper. And I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding? 
I like almost didn't buy my shoes. Like and I got into this argument over so I had zeroed in on Armstrong from the infancy of my cycling fandom to not like the guy because of what he did to Floyd Landis pointing at the sign at Brasstown Bald at Tour de Georgia. That was like strike one. And two, the Tyler Hamilton, like Hamilton was my guy. Like he's from Massachusetts. He's not from Texas. Much better state. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like the guy. (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate it, Rick. Thanks for the awesome email. I know it's been a little bit uh, for us to get to that, but I think it it rings true with this Froome incident. And then that leads into the end of the Giro. And there's other things that we could bring up. But the Velo Games, and you guys are going to be off the hook a little bit because we have so much to discuss that I'm not even going to have you read the paragraphs. But the gist of it is is that I'm better than you, I am smarter than you, I'm better looking than you, and a much better <laughs> bike racer than you guys. Right, and then we both agree with that, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. So our podium for the Velo League standings. Team Ginger Dad of Brady Reed takes the uh, win over Fonzie Salta Lasquadio and... Fonzi was also the Giuseppe Fonzi was the um, Maglia Nera Nera or Negra of the mm-hmm. uh, the Giro this year in, in last place, and then in third place, rounding out the podium was Big Boys Bicy Club by Stu Foster. Um, so great all around. And then uh, let me see who the 16th. I have it written down here. It's Care- Careless Whisper um, <laughs> of Gavin Marsden and. Uh, Gavin, you should be um, – contact us on the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. I need your address because Banjo Brothers was the sponsor of the 16th place competition in our Velo Games League. So Careless Whisper, that's Gavin Marsden. Hit us up at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. You're going to get a great Banjo Brothers saddlebag. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, we do always like to give a shout-out to last place was Thunderclutch Zach Giffey of the team. Now, the other prize for, for the Banjo Brothers saddlebag was going to be for the best team name. And mm-hmm. Abby Mickey, um, our professional host, our, our actual host that knows things about pro bike racing, um, is going to choose from our choices. So we each get two nominations of best mm-hmm. team names. So I'm going to go first. My um, favorite team names was uh, number one was the Village Peopley. Um, by Ragbri Yellow Jersey. So Village Peopley is in the running. And then the other one was No Judge or Jurage. Um, by Dave B. So those are my two favorite. Um, okay. Spencer, who are your two uh, nominees for Abby? <clears throat> so I've got uh, I've got my two picked out. So one of these hopefully should win the uh, Banjo Brothers bag because they're obviously the best picks. Um, I like the top Velo Games team of the year this week uh, by Thomas the Third Schleck. And uh, my second choice um, for favorite name is My Boyfriend is Making Me Do This. By Lindsay <laughs> Pranther. All right. And uh, little guy, who do you got? Well, I'm very partial to a tribe called Quickstep. One of my favorites. Um, and then I'm going to shout out uh, a lot of good ones. I'm going to go with Double Decker Mustache Bars because it just sounds like a good time. <laughs> That's pretty right, good. And then I do want to just give a quick shout out. Yes, Double Decker Mustache Bars, I think, um, sounds great. I do want to... Um, Give a quick shout out to uh, Todd H. Honorable mention for Sandy Kassar owns a donut shop because we talked about this previously. We are searching for Sandy Kassar's donut shop. So if anybody knows where his donut (laughs) shop is, please uh, let us know. But um, 
Anyways, uh, it was, I think it was that, tough. It was tough. There are a lot of good names in there. Just because uh, if you didn't get nominated to the top six, it does not. Uh, we're not casting shade on your name. Uh, so many good Dumoulin jokes. So many good Hincapi jokes. So many uh, other just creative names. Uh, you guys are the best. We really appreciate you uh, playing along in our Vela Games League. And of course, we will have it back for the tour and hopefully some more great prizes for top and 16th places we're now we're gonna have a really good prize for for the tour just so everybody knows just yeah yeah we're we're excited about that we've been working hard on that one secret Um, for now here's the uh last week we spent a good 30 minutes um on the hammer series our favorite type of racing it was so in depth Um, we went minute by minute so Mm -hmm. the hammer series had its second round today a week after the last round um once again, the Hammer Series has the uh, the lap, the, the climb, the sprint, and then the pursuit. I did not – I was not able to watch the second round, but I did watch the first one um, last week when uh, Mitchelton Scott took the win. Again, I love it. I love Hammer Series. I don't have too much to add, but I just want to like, acknowledge that Hammer Series is out there. Um, you know, Google search you know, it. Tim, uh, it's, what, what it's a shame that you missed it, but uh, okay. it, it, you can watch it. It is still up on uh, on all over online. Pretty much every platform you can watch a video okay. online. You can find the Hammer series and a replay that, uh, or just highlights packages with onboard cameras and all that jazz that I would love, love, love for my favorite races to do as well. But yeah. since only the Hammer series is doing it, I can only shout them out for it. <laughs> yeah. Were I, you able to watch uh, this week, uh, Spencer, <clears throat> at all? I, I uh, like you, I watched last week. I didn't uh, watch this week because I have uh, a house guest in town, so I was not uh, in front of the TV or computer as much as I wanted to be. But um, I do know that Quick Step took the win. Um, you know, That's I'm sure weird. no small part to Philip Gilbert crushing it uh, for them. And uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting going into the last round there in Hong Kong in October. Oh man, I we need to get Mitch Docker, um, friend of the pod, to do like a uh, a Hammer series uh, kind of interviews. Like, you know, he's doing his team interviews. Like, why don't, why don't you know start interviewing the people about just about the Hammer series? Just you know, get us some inside uh, baseball. Oh, like, are so people you, excited about it? I thought you meant interview him Hammer series style. Like, we ask him a bunch of climby questions and then a bunch of sprinty <laughs> questions, and then make him do a time trial at the end, like I a like lightning round, then, I guess. And then, a, and then a bunch of math, like yeah. in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Like, and oh, we, wait, like, <laughs> how many points is it this time? Yeah, lap? we can make the scoring system so confusing that we could tell them, yeah, oh, sorry, you finished third. <laughs> like, too bad. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Uh, little guy, anything you want to add quickly on the uh, Hammer series? You uh, keep uh, keep rolling. No, I just went, I wouldn't watch the highlights after you guys talked about it last week, and I was much more entertained than I often give the Hammer series credit for, so... It was pretty good. It was good. I, I'm going to go watch some more. This now, is a, um, this is a glowing review from Little Guy. I think we need to, you know, just shine a light on that for everybody. Yeah. Entertained. That's, says that's little guy. pretty good. This is an event so, with a time trial in it that you were entertained by. Well, it's the yeah. only time trial that I've ever seen. So after well, after the... Um, I should I pre- should I should say, speaking of the time trial, uh, you can watch the highlight package of, of just the uh, chase uh thing and because it's a little team time trial you're like ah that's boring i don't need to see it but what i forget is that they're all on the course at the same time so you see team time trial teams passing each other like going into corners and doing awesome stuff and it makes the time trial so cool to watch (laughs) anyway sorry go ahead i'll have to watch that especially for the uh like team aqua blue 
Right, you know, like the one time you get to see Team Aqua Blue against the other uh, pros this year um, will be great. But so after the uh, uh, pre lap, we've, we've got a lot more to discuss. Right, mountain bike racing um, has been blowing up. But Spencer, yep. I think the the big drop is what you had um, sent over to me, and, and that was the uh, Tage Seventeen of the yeah. Tour de France this year um, with some amazing uh, insanity. So at the end of the day, I'll just give a quick synopsis of the 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 framing of the stage and that is the stage is only 65 kilometers long it is going to be the start of the third week of the tour and it has three climbs and two descents so the tour has been going on for a while and then you have a short stage we love short stages on this race we do or on this podcast especially we love short stage races but this 65 kilometers is great spencer yeah. Why? Like, what's the big deal about a 65-kilometer race with three climbs and two descents? Well, I mean, it's already going to be kind of nutty. Like, you got – that could really shake things up. You're gonna, it's going to be an aggressive stage. It's going to be raced a little differently than uh, than your traditional stage race. But now I don't even really have a ton of information on this. I'm not sure how they plan it to exactly work, but – what what we're getting word of that's just like breaking news is that the ASO is going to change up the way that they're going to line people up to stage the race. And they're actually going to line up F1 style by their GC position. So whoever's, you know, the top eight spots of the race are going to be on the front row and then a second row. And they're going to kind of go out in waves and send them like, cause this, this stage literally starts at the bottom of a climb. So they're immediately climbing. Yeah. Um, so it's going to give a big advantage yeah. to these guys who are up on GC or teams that have three guys up in the GC <clears throat> movie star, uh, Sky. and it, it could really, they could really use that to their advantage to put some other, uh, solo GC guys, uh, on the ropes early. It, I, it, it's crazy. I, like it's a I, weird idea, and I'm 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 here for it. I two things. One, I absolutely love it, and let me tell you why. Because it is going to make the traditionalists that have held back the Tour de France <laughs> for hundreds of years, hundreds, wow, like over a hundred years, complain like crazy about something like this. Sure. This is going to be, oh my god! Like think about the tactics here. If you had. You know, even go with the Froome, the Team Sky, uh, you know, they're going to be down to, what, only eight guys per team this year because yep, they changed yep. the rules, so you only have eight. So you're going to have, you know, Froome, maybe Hanau, maybe, um, you know, Land, uh, not Landa anymore, but, you know, someone else that's like a domestic that they find out of their factory, their cyborg factory. Bernal. And you're going to have three of them go, and then you're going to have the movie start. It's great. I absolutely love this. Like, do you go from the gun right away at an 8% climb for 1K and just like, throw mm-hmm. out the back everybody else i mean well who's gonna like miss out tj van gardner is gonna be sitting there in like 21st place in gc <laughs> and he's gonna complain that he's not in the top 20 which has a faster st- i mean it's gonna be awesome well you know what this <laughs> is gonna be like though this is gonna be just like stillwater crit the old nature valley stillwater crit um and then okay. it starts right at the bottom right that always mm-hmm. started at the bottom of the climb so it's basically you got to clip in and sprint it's gonna work the same way but it's going to be like a crit in that you got to like some dude's going to miss his pedal and miss yeah, the front totally. group and literally drop out of the top 10 in GC. Like it's going to come down to who rides speed plays. <laughs> like whoever rides speed play is going to win the tour this year. And I don't actually know well, if that's anybody. 
Well, because <laughs> if you've po- got hey, if you've point. got two si- a two sided pedal, you're at a, a distinct advantage, you know. Well, I don't know if the Stillwater was a twenty three percent climb. This is an eight percent you know, you know climb I mean. for the top racers in the world. I, what if they start the, the race when someone's not on their bike, Spencer? So, <laughs> that would be interesting. I mean, can you imagine like if this... one of the guys had to start holding his teammate's bike and his teammate had to clip clop up and jump on the bike? Like that's not the sort of thing that would ever happen in a bike race. Like that, it's just that not a bike like race a you thing. paid for. Yeah, certainly not just two people on the front row of the race standing directly in front of no. the officials. <laughs> that won't happen. Yeah. Not at the well. I mean, it wouldn't even happen at a local race. So why would it happen at the tour? Right? Let's let's just say it shouldn't happen at a local race. So here's the thing. This. Here, the press slide is, that I like is that they're innovating. I like the Tour de France trying new things. This is great. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mr. Prudhomme. Please keep Chris Froome out of the tour until we figure out what's no, going on. Don't. Second. Drama. Second. Drama. Here's the problem. Stage 17 could also just end up like any other stage because no one's willing to try anything unique. Right. Remember how they were like, hey, we're not going to allow race radios. And we were excited because we were like, dude, race radios is going to be like the old times that we used to read books about. And now – what did they do? They're like, oh, after the Armstrong leadership of this, this is another reason why I don't like Armstrong. He was like, oh, we're <laughs> okay. not going to race. There's no race radios. I'm not a cyborg. I don't want people to tell me what to do. And or I want people to tell me what to do and how to race. That's what this could be, right? Like all of a sudden you're just like, okay, you guys start. And then everyone's just going to wait for everybody to go. Right. Like, the you know first, what I mean? The first wave or the first 20 guys could just roll out casually yeah. and let the next 20 catch. You know, like it could yeah. be nothing. It could be all to do about nothing. But. Um, you know, it's got potential. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that rando that weaseled his way into the top 10 somehow is like, I'm going to pull a Landis. I'm going for it from, from the gun. And, uh, uh it will be our second Landis, uh, of the year since wow. 2006, which could be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hey, um, one of the, uh, things we talked about last week and then we'll roll into the Primlac Spencer. Yeah. It's been a little while since we've had the greatest cyclist in the world of the week. Yes. And you know, little guy and I, we always like to throw our nominations in the, in the uh, hopper because I know you take them into deep consideration. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. the greatest cyclist in the world of the week in my nominee, of course, is going to be, um, Yolanda Neff. Uh, okay. no, um, Nino Scherter. No. Um, it's going to be the entire Mitchelton Scott team <coughs> from the hammer series. Okay. Cause they absolutely crushed it. So I don't know. If you're willing to take into consideration multiple racers um, from the Hammer series, but that's who I'm going to go with. I could, I could go with, I can, yeah. There's no rules. Greatest cyclist uh, in the world of the week. Um, you know, there's no rules. Clearly, yeah. I mean. And 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 who do you got, little guy? Who's your greatest cyclist in the world of the week? Did I pay attention to any cycling this week? Uh, Vanderpool. Did he do any bike races this week? He did. He won some race that didn't really that apparently exists in France. There you go. A he two point one and greatest cyclist. You know, it's a pretty good pick, little guy. I gotta say, it's a pretty good pick. Now, I haven't done it for a few weeks, so I'm gonna actually give you guys both uh, some points here because you you guys have both uh, gotten pretty close to the mark. Um, I will say, uh, for all the weeks, if anyone missed it, um, they've all been there totally in every episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just missed them, but for all the weeks <laughs> that you think there wasn't one, yeah, there was, was. Yolanda Neff walked away with it. So she's got, she's got like four or five, six, maybe seven in a row. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Um, but this week, she- uh, little guy, I think you crushed it. I think Vanderpool is going to be the greatest cyclist in the world this week. 
uh, because he is dominating on the mountain bike side despite crashing. He's dominating on the road side, winning uh, small tour uh, stages, um, national tour stages this week on the road. And uh, it's just an unstoppable guy. So um, leading into the tour, he's going to have to be my pick for the yellow jersey. Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. Man, you didn't even know that one was coming. It didn't even have time to get in the right gear. I did. I couldn't even get ready on the last comment there about the yellow jersey. But I think bravo. I got speed plays. And that's good thing. The premium lap is here, and we would like to. Uh, tell you a little bit real quickly about one of our long-term sponsors that we appreciate more than anything. And that of course is health IQ. Go to health IQ.com slash slow ride to learn how to save money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual and health IQ contacted us over what 15, 16 months ago. And they've continued to support our podcast and the entire wide angle podium network. I appreciate it. I know you guys do too. Mm-hmm. And what better way to uh, show that appreciation than to head over to healthiq.com slash slow ride and take the quiz. That's all you need yep. to do is just take the quick little quiz, you know, answer some questions and yeah. then uh, s- and see if, if you're smart and you can save some money. If you're not familiar and you should be, um, health IQ is a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Uh, you can learn a lot more at their FAQ page, uh, or take the quiz to, Um, get yourself qualified to get some savings. Um, They have a lot of great stuff for for folks that are exercising, keeping themselves in shape, whether that's cycling, weightlifting, swimming, running, all kinds of stuff you can qualify uh, for great rates with. Um, We've had folks contact us who have switched from their work-provided life insurance to Health IQ because it was so much cheaper. Um, We've had folks that were just shocked, like, like, hey, I'm saving 200 bucks, you know, like, that's amazing. I didn't think, I didn't think it was possible. Like, this health IQ can help you because you are a lower risk, so they could give you lower rates. Um, there's a ton of other benefits and stuff that we don't have time to get into, but they can definitely tell you all about on that FAQ page that you can find at healthiq.com/slowride. That's right. We'd also like to thank. Our listeners and subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network, head over to WideAnglePodium.com to learn more. Um, guys, my first ride back, I was able to rock the Wide Angle Podium jersey and bibs mm-hmm. that we made, and they looked good on me. I mean, I'm looking swelt mm-hmm. for the uh, Schwamian. So, yeah, the kit looks great, and I'd like to thank all of the uh, the other shows on the uh, network and mm-hmm. the listeners and supporters of the, uh, the network because they really make it work because it does cost money to host this thing and every episode is still hosted so that costs some funds when you're Go when you're up out. over uh stuff <laughs> like we're well over a million downloads Bizarre. that's that's the kind of bandwidth we're talking about like it's crazy and it's not you know we're not we got to keep the lights on around yeah. here so the donors are our lifeblood and we love every single one of you guys if you are a donor 
I hope you have a warm, fuzzy feeling right now because you guys are awesome. It's great. I mean, our, our downloads continue to go up. We were up 164% um, over last year and just things are, are continuing to crush. So thanks to everyone that uh, listens. And we have additional sponsors who are going to be starting up soon. So keep your ears out on the, uh, the Slow Ride podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network. Um, guys, let's get back into the show because there's so much more to discuss. Can I, can, I, can I jump in real quick, Tim? I got to jump in. I got a message for, I got to say something to both you guys, but I gotta, also to the Bike Shop Cross, because this is where I get my message to Bike Shop Cross. And I want them to know, and I want you guys to know what I did this week, which is I made all my random garbage in the basement coalesce into a wheel. And I'm super proud of this. I want to tell you, I needed a rear 126 inch mountain bike wheel. And I found a hub that I had in the basement that worked. I had a rim a brand new old 126 or 26-inch rim. And then it turned out, if I just got with a kind of weird cross, three cross and two cross on the other side, I have all the spokes. They're used, but they're going to work. And I've got uh, exactly 33 nipples, so I'm one above what I need. All my random garbage collecting worked. I'm going to have a wheel. It's so beautiful. I was so excited that I had everything. Is this everything. going on the climb? No, this is going to go on, uh, it's a Miel that's going to be like, because we got one of those, um, you know, the, like the Ibert, yeah. the little front seat that sits sits kind of over the top tube for little Tom Boone and Tom ah. Boone. And okay. you need a really long, you basically need like a weird old mountain bike with a really long top tube and like a monster stem. Otherwise, you've got to ride all like bow-legged. So I'm going to put like some huge cruiser swept back bars on it with like it's got like a 130 stem and a way yeah. too long top tube but then i can ride with a baby like where my knees should be um sure now need a wheel for little it. guy did you listen to the bike shop show or bike shop cx um show on wheel building where they go through the details i have not i should do that i've listened to their, like their campy would, rebuild episode which i totally yeah. loved that was awesome no they i didn't i didn't know they had a a wheel build episode is that a recent one or is that back in the archives yeah it's it's uh just a couple episodes out i'm I'm a little behind yeah get out there and and check that one out and you'll uh you'll have that thing put together in no time that's good all right all right i just had to get you let you guys know that 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 thanks i justified my crap that's good let's um now let's get to the show Slow ride podcast. <laughs> All right. So last week we talked a lot about UCI Mountain Bike World Cup. Once again, a ton of credit to Red Bull.tv. Before we get into the uh, Mountain Bike World Cup, um, I just want to give a quick shout out. Red Bull.tv on Roku, on all of it. It's great. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch some of the movies that are on there within the bike channel or any of the no. other sports that they've got. So today, Sarah and I started watching Blood Road, which was the Rebecca Rush, like, hour and a half full-blown movie about riding the Ho Chi Minh Trail, trail in Vietnam okay. with basically tracking – her father was shot down over Viet- Vietnam and was killed. And they've discovered his body or traced back the remains of the body at the crash site to her father back in, I I would say, 
10 years ago, five years ago. I, I don't know exactly, but she, she rides the, the trail, the Ho Chi Minh trail from Ho Chi Minh city all the way down to the crash site with a, um, an accomplished cyclist from uh, Vietnam act as a translator and uh, ambassador. Fantastic movie. But then there's so many other great movies on the, the Red TV, and that's not even getting into the coverage of the racing itself. It, it's amazing what Red Bull is doing for, for cycling, in my opinion. Uh, mostly it's on the mountain bike side. Uh, I would expect that it's probably going to get into more BMX as that becomes more of an Olympic sport as far as like BMX Flatland. But it's... It's impressive. I wish that they would go all in on sponsoring a Tour de France team because we could have some of the best coverage out there. Yeah, they do do amazing, amazing like, work. Like it just you know looks um, good. No matter what they're they, doing, it looks. They don't so need our shout out at all, right? Like like they're a multi billion no, dollar don't. company. They don't need us, but like thank you for what you're doing. Like it's good. Yeah. Now, Tim, you know what uh, comes to mind as the perfect sort of cycling road cycling event to ease into uh, the Red Bull kind of audience? Hammer series. Hammer series. <laughs> there, there you go. It all comes back to the Hammer series on the, uh, the the Slow Ride podcast. But anyways, check out those shows. Then we were talking last week about Nova Mestro in the Czech Republic, one of the, uh, I guess, more popular UCI mountain bike courses. Like, you you know, you could see everything. It's very television-friendly. Um, Matthew Vanderpool crashed out of the lead group. Um, Yolanda Neff took the win, and Nino Scherter um, won in a sprint over Anton Cooper of New Zealand in Trek Factory Racing in second place. And that was the first time, remember, Samuel Gaze, the other New Zealander, beat Scherter in a sprint. So Scherter's got some definite competition this year. Um, Yolanda Neff uh, wrote fantastic, but we got an email, and this ties into our normal uh, time where we talk about the emails that we've gotten. And the email that we got, uh, we got we got an email from Ryan who hits us up and he says, "Hey, first off, I would like to say I'm a new listener enjoying the podcast as a recent college graduate from Dallas Baptist University. Um, he's he's adjusting the word workforce, and so he's listening to our uh, podcast to help stave off uh, boredom in the in the cubicle, as you understand." But he wanted to know if we were familiar with the Prague, the Prague, Prague, the Prague Czech Republic stage race, or sorry, stairs race, which Nino Schurter actually raced this year, and I had to go check it out um, on yeah. YouTube. They raced down the historic stairs in the old city of Prague, so it looks pretty awesome. It's a, a mass start race on mountain bikes huh. down crazy amount of flights of stairs. And Ryan, uh, thank you for uh, sending that up to us. And I enjoyed it. It's definitely the future. Now I know that this weekend was in Columbus, Georgia, was the uh, whatever the Eliminator Cross World Cup here in America again, like the second year in a row that they did that. But yeah. this Prague Stairs race was amazing. Like, it was a lot of fun up. to watch. So I highly recommend yeah. it. Like it's pretty crazy. But uh, thanks, Ryan, for bringing that to our attention. We love hearing from our uh, listeners. Um, Red Bull TV today did have the Fort William uh, Mountain Bike World Cup. Uh, two big notes that I just want to uh, uh, throw out here on this one. Um, Tani Seagrave took the women's win over Miriam Nicole and Rachel Atherton in third place. And then you have Amp Armory Perone, Loris Vergier, and Troy Brosnan take one, two, three in the men's side. However, Aaron Gwynn... And uh, Rachel Atherton both snapped their chains within the first, like, 20 meters of the race today on their runs. Mm -hmm. uh, Atherton 
did a great job and still got third place, which is an impressive run. But why are they breaking chains so often on a downhill? Like, it's insane how often this happens. It is weird. It seems like the last place there'd be a lot of... Like, you think uh, mountain bike racing when they're going uphill would be where there'd be a lot of chains breaking. But it doesn't seem to be... I know there's torque as they're going through, but it... Like, it seems like it happens a little bit too much. Do you think it's like the last, you know, that they, they get their mechanics are spending so much time adjusting suspension that they just, they basically have no time to remember to look at anything other than suspension and brakes on the bike. And then they go, oh yeah, the chain. And they're like, oh, I haven't lubed that thing for six weeks. I, what, I don't know. You, it seems bizarre to me. What do me. you think, Spencer? Like, is it, are they running like 10 speeds and they should be running like a five speed cassette in the back so they can have a wider chain? Remember my old track bike train, the Whipperman, that was like yeah, a motorcycle I, chain? They're all like, running. They running they're that? all running those little downhills. All about those weird little gears now. Um, you don't want to bring those yeah, extra gears. Yeah, no, to I think I think they're all running twelve speeds, and um, I think there's pro- it's. You think of downhill as being a a, ra- a downhill race, so like you don't have to pedal too much or too hard. But uh, I think these starts are pretty much like BMX starts. Like you're just sixteen hundred watts, like. From zero, you know, for maybe only 20 seconds or something, but you're smashing it for a second there. And BMX bikes have that, in you know, half-inch chain, and these are 330 seconds or whatever, and uh, probably put on that morning and haven't really tested those pins yet. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a lot of stress, and I think they put out more torque than we're giving them credit for. I... The, um, I guess downhill to me is like, if, if any cycling sport should be an Olympic event, downhill, like you can easily go find a downhill course that they could work, you know, that if it, when the London Olympics was going on, send them up to Fort William. Like there is that it is an awesome event because you got the qualifying run and then how they do the, um, the walkthroughs before the qualifying run. And they only get like a certain amount of timed practice, just like in formula one, like it, it is such an innovative or it's such a simple event. Go from the top to the bottom as fast as possible, but it's so intricate. And I, I will mm-hmm. admit when they do break the chain, it is pretty, it's a lot of fun. It's not really funny, but it's a lot of fun to see them still go down the hill in yeah. ridiculous yeah. speed. Because if it was like me, I have those things I'd be walking down or going like just off the course sure. and trying oh, yeah. like taking the chairlift back down. It is so much fun to watch. And then this goes into uh, one of the uh, the last things that we do need to talk about. Um, and that is, of course, Dirty Kanza with this weekend. The biggest of all the gravel grinders uh, where you pay a lot of money. You hope that you get your race entry in. And it takes over the town of Emporia, Kansas. There's a lot of product um, that debuts. Uh, but the, the talk this week that I saw, and then uh, Spencer made me aware of another uh, situation was the uh, Jeff Kabush calling his shot on uh, Velo News saying, if you have aero bars, I am not going to be working with you on this race because if you're riding aero bars on a mass start race, you're an idiot. And I really appreciated that. I thought it makes a lot of sense. Why, if it's a mass start race, are you wearing aero, using aero bars? It's like people that show up on the group ride with aero bars. It should not be allowed. And I like Kabush because I think he's hilarious. And he was obviously having a little bit of fun with the, the gaudy headline. But you know what? At the end of the day, he got third place, Ted King, with aero bars. 
takes yeah, the win on the That's men's why. side. And then Caitlin Keogh, uh takes the win on the women's side. So what do you guys think? Arrow bars in a uh, gravel mass start event? I, I guess I'm, ne- I'm not. It's hard for me to be for arrow bars, but at the same time, the kind of the point of, you know, I don't know. You know, like this, the gravel scene, it's about running what you want. You know, show up on a mountain yep. bike, show up on whatever. I kind of feel like if you want to have arrow bars, then you should be able to have arrow bars. It's not my jam, but like, and I was thinking about this earlier because you brought this up to talk about, uh, I was looking at some pictures of bikes and I was thinking, what's 200 miles? Yeah. 206 yeah. or something. I might want arrow bars. Like that's, that's the, just what I was going to say. It was like, I hate to admit riding, it, but like positions, man. Riding, yeah. Riding gravel. You don't need arrow bars. Riding 200 miles, <laughs> you might need arrow bars. Yeah. You need a double-decker mustache arrow bars. Like, you need right. so many... <laughs> you need as many hand positions as humanly possible, because, like... Right. Like, I God. don't want to do 200 miles on road or gravel or whatever. Like, I don't ever want to do that much. And if I was forced to, I would certainly want some options. So, I don't I don't know. I, uh... I don't know if I agree with that opinion. Well, I I enjoyed reading the article. Yeah, it was nice. the type of spiciness that we need because mm-hmm. it you know it, re- it gets you know there's there's drama on Twitter about arrow bars on gravel bikes. It was about time. Like I love stuff like that. Um, I get I, the sentiment. I am I a feeling though. If you're at a mass start event, um, I don't want to see you in any type of arrow bar if I'm riding around you because it is dangerous <laughs> and it is. Uh, rude. What if they got brake levers on the arrow bars? That might be a little bit better, but I did not see those on any of the, the dirty cancer bikes. Um, and Spencer, uh, what yep. is the uh, the late breaking kind of drama out of uh, dirty Kansas that you uh, that, that you had uh, heard about? Well, we're getting some reports over the wire, and this race just ended, so uh, we don't have a lot of detail on it. But sounds like there was a lot of issues around. Um, some collusion, let's say, where uh, teams racing the Dirty Kanza may have uh, strategically placed some non-participating teammates out along the course to, you know, help pull them along for a while or to draft off of them for a few miles. And then those guys would drop off and, uh, you know, kind of give them a breather uh, during their 200-mile race. So, a lot of uh, upset folks out there talking about illegal drafting and, and illegal uh, now, teamwork from people that weren't in the event helping out people that were in the event. I don't like this at all. Um, yeah. What I don't understand, I, I guess I need to learn more about it. So was this on Twitter or was this like a published story on like Cross Magazine or where did you hear it? Uh, this is from some reputable Twitter sources, okay. yeah. Dude, Cross so Magazine, I, there's a lot of good articles on there. It's a lot of good bike bike thing just go on there and look at bikes like pretty cool it, I'm just yeah you well I'm that, that, that I'm, all I'm right saying, let's saying. get to it no we don't there have to was, go on, we have to go on anything i just wanted to make sure we got uh, we know that like people no, should saw, go over there I and look at bikes bike on there there's some sweet bikes a good on, bike there. on there the other day it looked like a perfect gravel grinder yeah um there was a blue the hilly, we're, we're, well let's the, we're the talking hilly about gravel s- races that i know about such as like the almanzo 100 um with thousands and thousands of feet of climbing there in the uh, Minnesota <laughs> River Valley, yeah. I saw a great looking bike. Must have must have been like pretty sweet, lightweight thing, probably around twenty six, twenty seven pounds. 
uh, with gearing, weighs. low gearing was around 41.25, I think. Where did you yeah. see this bike, Spencer? Where, like, where, like, where did you pick this up? Now, I saw this come across my feed uh, from Cyclocross Magazine. Now, they did a full feature on this bike and interviewed the um, the owner of the bike, whose name was... Um, gentleman. I think the gentleman. Whose bike the was. gentleman, the handlebar mustached... Uh, uh, Matt Allen. Looks like the name was Matt Allen. Huh. Pretty standard name. Uh, didn't say uh, where he is from or anything that he did outside of uh, just being from Minneapolis. Hmm. That sounds That's like right. a nice guy. Now, this bike Probably like I seven saw of them in Minneapolis. did have a, uh, it had a light, like a, a big generator light on the, uh, the, the, front, the front rack or front fender, if you will. Um, looked very heavy. Um, it also it's had not. two. Two water bottles on the down tube, which was oh, pretty crazy. That's a good crazy. place so, to have them. Yeah. So Cyclocross Magazine shows up, and of all of the thousands of bikes at the dirty uh, at the Almanzo, the the it was real dirty. original gravel race, not the dirty Kanza, at the Almanzo, this this bike of Matt Allen, they, he chose that one. Why, why would he choose that one? Because it was the coolest bike there, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. So, little guy, I got to admit, when I saw your bike on there, those are some of the nicest photos I've ever seen of one of your bikes. They, they were um, great. He did some great nor- work. Snap those things quick, and man, it makes me feel super pro. Normally, when I see your bike, it's in the the poor lighting of your basement next to some <laughs> cat boxes yeah, hung up on uh, the hook over the litter box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, there's some ping pong balls, you know, just kind of yeah. around, and I don't really get to really take in the mat- majestic bike now yeah. as you said in the bike and you talked about it here on the podcast this was a recovered bike you actually yeah. stole it um <laughs> off of a uh, a bike rack yep yep after seeing it for like half a year sitting there in the snow rusting out flat tires nothing moving on it well, um, well we'll have we're gonna have that link in our um our show yeah. notes but uh it was great to see um, Dirty Kanza is over and done with for another year. Keep your eye on the drama. We will do our best to report because we are the number one news source for uh, rumors because we're straight from the source. And we're also working on a variety of things, including um, our uh, George Hincapie interview, which should be happening any week now. So make sure you continue to download and subscribe to the uh, Slow Ride podcast and you will not miss that in your feed. Yeah. Yeah, we're right on that one. Yeah. Is there... Um, Anything else you guys want to uh, talk about before we uh, get moving on? No, I think I think we smashed two episodes into one right yeah, here yeah. in uh, Total record jungle. time. Did it. Uh, that was great. And you know, the best part is we don't even have to talk about my pedal situation. We'll save that for next week mm-hmm. on the oh, Soul Ride thank, Podcast. I mean, so. everybody knows the answer is speed play. I've said speed play more in this episode <laughs> than I've ever said speed play. <laughs> uh, with that, we would like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, we'd also like to thank Health IQ, one of our long-term sponsors. Go to healthiq.com slash slowride to find out more to how to save money on your life insurance. We'd also like to thank the listeners and the subscribers of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to wideanglepodium.com to find out more. You can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com and tweet and gram us at theslowridepod. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. Always wave at your fellow cyclists. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.